Look down over a world not quite like our own. We find ourselves on the edge of a bay in the lowlands, bordered by a great geological rift to the north and bounded by a desert and a burgeoning empire to the east. We find ourselves now just inside that empire, at the very tentative edges of its reach. To our south is that desert, a place where no one but raiding barbarians live. To our east is the empire proper, where more civilised raiding barbarians live. And to our north, hunched in shadow, is the Darakion Forest. Let's look away from that place. It is ill-fated. Let us also let our gaze skip lightly over the palisades of Asta. Once a village, now a barracks, and a brief staging post in the trade of human toil and misery. Let us look away from the blood-soaked sands of their ramshackle arena to a happier place of entertainment. Bright striped cloth and whistling music entice the soldiers to spend their pay visiting the sideshows and purchasing tickets to the great big top performance at Banjax's unbelievable gear chain circus, showcasing the wonders of the modern age along with the beauty of an age still fading. And around a little stove, sitting on bog chairs and benches, we find four friends. So, who would like to introduce their character to the audience? Tivolo is a fly kingdom, and like all his kingdom, he is diminutive. Three foot eight, maybe three foot nine in his boots. He has a dark, rich, tan skin, fading to bruised purple over his bones. And to most, to most people of other kingdom, he's a little ill-favoured. His brow ridge is prominent, and so are his cheekbones, which gives his eyes a very sunken look. He's humming quietly to himself, but to those who know him this morning, this is less his normal cheer and more an attempt to communicate his normal cheer. Lorca is tall, taller than any reasonable man might be, and as thin as a yardstick. He stands impeccably straight and poised, with sharp features, curly blonde hair slicked back from a high hairline, and light grey skin. While often vague about his heritage, the white bands on his forehead and hands testify that he is Woodlouse Kinden, though any well-travelled fellow might suspect there may be something about him undeniably half-bred, perhaps mantis or grasshopper. He stands speaks in a very civilised, proper way, slightly aloof and snide, but never meaningfully so. Uh, well, Elegant Scale is Butterfly Kingdom. He's got the blank, white eyes and iridescent skin that all of his kind have. And uh, he is, is currently drumming his fingers on the table as he soaks in the sunlight as he mulls over what to do about the moon to his son that he has uh, had an altercation with. Vesperia of House Tassaro, or Vess for short, is a tall, slender, elegant spider kinden. Draped in silk and impeccably poised, they have an air of nobility, but reject the principles of their family. They are the costumer, and that is apparent in the way that they dress. Um, they are dressed extravagantly, but extravagantly in like the elegant way more so than the performer way. You are currently uh, outside of Asta. Um, Asta used to just be some farming village out in 
eh, Beetle Country, notionally like Helleron's zone of control, but um, uh, but you know, effectively just a outlying minor village until the wasps marched in, the burgeoning empire of the wasps, and took it over and converted it into a military outpost. Your circus has stopped here because, because soldiers are good business, and while you don't often travel deep into the Wasp Empire, it's, it's a little risky, it's a little tricky, you know? It just invites a bit too much trouble. Um, Aster is a good sort of triangulation point, so you can then go down the edge of the Dryclaw's Tark um, without having to go over the same place twice in the circuit. However, it does mean being near the Darachion. Three of you are in that. Uh, actually, three of you are in that. Yes, and all of you are from inapt societies. So you will, at least in passing, know about the Darachion. At least enough to know that it is a cursed place. The Darachion is the site of a terrible, terrible mistake made by the moths in the throes of their failing power. It is not a place that you wish to linger in or even look upon for too long. Even the apt in your camp, they just don't look north. They just find reasons to look down at the ground or, to, or over their shoulder. Just, don't, just on instinct. It's not a comfortable place. So, it's dinner time. It's a good time for you all to sort of hang out. You all have various things on your plate. Does anyone want to ask the others about things that are going on? Do they want to talk about something that's going on themselves or do something about something that's going on? Sure. So, reclining his very long form in a bog chair with his legs extended outwards, he takes a look at Tavolo and fixes him with a querying look. He says, goodness, you look positively ghastly. You almost look like you've seen a ghost. Are you feeling all right? I look up a quite a long way up at Lorca through under my beetling brows. And I say, Sir Lorca, I am just fine. Bad dreams, that's all. It's probably the forest. Puts everyone on edge. Yes, I do hope that we don't have to linger any much longer near that horrible place. Mm. The soldiers tip well, but I hope we're moving on soon. Lorca, do you want to press any further? Maybe investigate yourself slightly? But uh, investigate Tavolo's demeanour. Yeah, so, so like, you know, Try to probe a little, probe a little deeper. See if there is something magical to discern. So Lorca has seen Tavolo in the basically the same sort of sunny, ready to go disposition for a while, but this is the first time that he's seen him looking quite shaken. So he is going to sort of peer at him and try and discern if he's lying. Okay, so I think that's probably an empathy role, right? Yes. Um, and Tevolo, are you like actively content? If it sounds like you are, right? You're trying to put a brave face on this, you don't want... Um, I'm, I'm putting a brave face on how much this morning's dream shook me, but I'm not lying in that mm. I who am apt and completely incapable of recognising ghosts, even if they're around, genuinely believe that I have just had a particularly bad dream this morning. Hmm, that's fair, that's fair. Um, still, I think the fact that you're trying to like put a brave face on this means this is kind Honestly, of... 
if we weren't good enough friends already, I wouldn't even admit it to the bad dreams. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, in that case, uh, Lorca, do you want to just make me a um, um, empathy roll and we'll kind of see where we get to? Uh, terrible. It's a minus two. Okay. I believe that qualifies as poor. Very poor. Um, yeah, so I think at that point it's just... You, you, actually, to be fair, you always have the choice when you try and overcome um, of just, like, succeeding as a heavy cost. But I feel like trying to work out how your mate's doing probably isn't a situation where you want to do that. Yes, I think that if uh, if if uh, Lorca can not discern it at face value, he will just let it go. That's fine. Um, that's fine. They can just fester for a little bit. Anybody else have anything there? They're they're wanting to actively bring up. I do. I will settle from futzing about with the fire back onto my bench and um, look at our butterfly friend and say, "See, elegance, you know." If you're going to step on Candia's performance, you need to come on during the music. It'll look great as a pair, trust me. You'll break hearts for miles. He sighs dramatically and snaps his fingers as he stops drumming. I know. I have to give it to her. She was she was enrapturing. She was, but yeah. Two of you together would be heartbreaking. Hmm. Well, I'd talk to her about it, but she's ever said two words to me, so I'm not sure. <laughs> well, that's not personal. She never says two words to anyone. That's not true. I think I heard her say, go away once. That's exactly two words. I will give it to you. It <laughs> <laughs> was a little bit vindictive of you, Elegant Scale. I didn't think I had you had it in you. A bit, maybe. But... Uh... Perhaps our costumer could help me make it up to her. What do you think, Vess? What do you want me to do? Oh, make her something nice. You're so good with thread and all of that. I'd like to make it up to her. One showman to another. I mean, I make her costume anyways. Why Why is that an apology from you? I mean, they've got you there. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. They absolutely do, yes. He... He flutters his eyelashes and sort of clutches his hands together at Vess and goes, yes, but see, this would be very nice. And I'll owe you one? I suppose. I suppose. Oh, you're the best. I know I am. Um, so later in the evening, Tivolo, what's your act? I am a sharpshooter, and my act is a combination of, when it starts with target shooting, it starts with, there's a pollard, there's a bullseye target, and I have a crossbow, and I flit around on my art wings and shoot at things, and this is all very nice. But the show, the centerpiece of it is that I have a co-performer, my friend the Mantis, who I don't think I've named. Do you have Mantis names handy? Uh, how about, um, uh, Loroquai? Sounds good. I have a co-performer, the Mantis Kingdom Loroquai. She's not one of the semi-mythical weapons masters, but, like all Mantids, she is skilled with the blade. Very skilled. When we're performing, I don't shoot to miss her. I shoot at her. And she is never there to be hit. Or her sword comes up and the bolt leaps aside. We both know, and the audience knows, that if either of us mess up, someone might die. And that's why it gets attention. And as you are doing this most... as You, you are performing... You perf you, you're a sideshow performer, right? This isn't usually a big top... This is, yeah, this is not part of the big top. This is attracting the crowd. And we'll do three or four bouts over the course of the day, depending mm. on how many people we have to play to. And sometimes I'll get people to shoot at the targets to prove to themselves that there's no tricks involved. And we'll bury it up a bit. So right now, it is uh, probably the last show of the day before the big top performance. 
-hmm. and it's it's awesome so the days aren't long right? until um, the dusk is coming down yeah you're doing this all by um you're doing this all by torchlight um, mm -hmm. electric lanterns um electric lanterns aren't really a thing and um, there isn't a huge amount of electricity in the setting um and you know oil lanterns and just plain burning torches are still the best way to get light in the night. Mm -hmm. So you have like some nice like large high torches set up, just like lighting your a little ring. Yeah. Yeah. And God knows why some military rule or perhaps they're finally getting to the point of having spent all their of having spent all their pay. There's not a lot of soldiers around. Um so you're mostly performing or you're mostly performing for crew who are off duty, or like kids of the crew. I mean, kids of the crew are still basically crew after a certain point. Anyone who's big enough to load carts loads carts. Well, exactly. Um, so yeah, so it's mostly Roachkinden, like, and you know maybe half as many again beetles, and then a scattering of other people hanging around. Mm -hmm. And um, you're in the fight. And there is, and and one of the and one of the roach kids has brought out a drum to underscore the your finale. Yeah, the drama and the tension. Yeah, and you know, this is what it's for. This is what it's all about. You are coming alive. You are shooting, and you know when you're doing a good job because when you come barreling out of the darkness because you can only reload a crossbow so fast right mm. so when you come out of the darkness and you fire and Lorikai and Lorikai has to actually parry it you hear that yeah. cling of metal and you know that you've got a real good shot off and your heart is pounding and you can and you come up to a high angle and you can still see against the last you know blue rays of dawn um, lighting it from the side, uh, you can see that forest, and you come down, and you just hear something that you haven't heard for a while, at least not often. You don't hear a lot of Sony's accents around, you know? Mm. You, you don't quite make out what they've said, and then you feel a sharp, ragged line of fire down your arm. The cut's not deep, but it shocks you out of your reverie. Is it my own bolt sent back, or did I fly too close to her sword? You flew too close. She has pulled back into a guard. She's not here to kill you. She's not here to finish you off if you stumble, you know. She will if she happens to, but... That's what she's here for. She pulls back and waits for you to recover. I do that. I, I sort of sweep back up into the air and hover over the edge of the circle and make a show of putting my crossbow into the other hand and like shaking out my injured arm. Mm -hmm. Because we're still performing. The show must go on. Exactly. And... I give her the little signal we have that says this is going to be the last pass and I'm going to do, it's our standard last pass, it's two shots in quick succession, one from in front and then one again from behind and then I land. Mm. And what, as I'm doing that and pulling myself back together, I look around the circle for you know, the audience, for anyone in Solanese clothing, any flies or soldier beetles I might recognise. Mm. Um, why don't you give me some sort of notice roll? Some sort of notice. Yeah, that uh, sounds like notice. My notice anything? is mediocre. Oh. <laughs> is that a plus zero? It's a plus zero. So it's whatever well, I roll. Uh, do you have full-on dark vision, or do you just have moderately good eyes in the dark? I don't have art dark vision, so I just have <laughs> moderately normal eyes. Um, I do have one point in contact, if that would be more appropriate. No, I think this is more of a notice. You're, you're trying to okay. you know, see if you can see someone, right? No, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that is a big fat zero. A big fat zero. Uh, I believe that's what? Poor? So, 
Uh, I assume you don't particularly want to succeed at terrible cost. No, I am. I am primarily concentrating on this fight, so it's more of a quick glance. I don't see anyone. I get back to the performance, which has eighty percent of my attention anyway. Yeah. No, no, you don't. You don't see anyone. That you've lost the rhythm now. You know that was such a good run. You could have had a really nice finale there, but as it is, it kind of falls flat because you were striking so close, and then your last two shots go nowhere. Yeah, I chalk it up to luck of the draw and kind of make a mental note next time. Try to turn that into maybe a, a landing and a roll and then finish on that note because actually blood being drawn was much more dramatic than the standard ending. Mm. On your way back to your trailer, though, you do notice just a flash of... It's got to be like it's got to be like cut and puffed everything, right? No, it's um, it's a bit Middle Eastern. It's like the the standard Solanese outfit is like loose white trousers and a, a white tunic, and then the flies in particular have very gaudy sashes and shit going on. Oh shit, yeah. So I'm not really wearing Solanese fashion. I'm wearing Lowlands fashion, just with loads of embroidery and a contrasting sash. But the Solanese yeah. look is like Sawakami's, but white. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you like catch a flash of like white pajama that's like disappearing behind behind somebody's um, what's the word uh, trailer as you're on your way, you know, to clean up, get ready to um, work the. Do you work the flies by any chance? During I the main... do, in fact, work the flies during the big show. <laughs> God fucking damn it, I just worked it out. <laughs> I was like, what's the word for working up top in a theatre? Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I spent the big show basically clinging to tent poles right up in the rafters, dropping things or pulling on ropes as appropriate. Hmm. But I am... I'm going to follow that person i'm gonna let let myself be distracted from going to bandage this cut and instead i'm gonna follow that person i'll like i'll wad up a handkerchief and, and hold it to the cut so my clothes don't get too stained and i'll yeah, follow it's, it's not it's not it's not deep but it certainly is um bleeding um let's cut elegant scale curious what do you do outside of performances he likes to people watch a lot hmm. do you have like an advantage at a perch i forget if you can fly. oh you can fly yes so yes yeah. he would definitely have a, a perch or a, a vantage point that he likes to sit on something that's you know one of the tents that's going to be up for a long time that's the last thing to be taken down yeah Ah, uh, see now I, I suspect that people who fly, there may just be like a kind of, um, you know, just like a kind of seat that you like that will clip nicely on landing the landing like, area kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. My sort of my sort of perch seat that you can it's light enough you can just pick it up with you. <laughs> like one of those hanging wicker chairs. Mm. Mm. So you're perched there. You're watching people go by, and. This is, you know, the circus. Um, there is a lot of noise, always. And it's kind of a mix between just the general noise of people going about their business and performing, people trying to shout to make their like pitches heard over the hubbub of the audience, and music. Mm -hmm. Either music played for the benefit of the punters or to underscore some acts, or just people playing music as they sit and rest off duty. And you can and you always have, and there's always violins, um, because the um, the Roachkindon who make up most of the crew um, are, are fairly fond of violins. But you can hear somehow cutting over all that noise, that sweet, sad, haunting melody, the one that makes the moon rise, the one that loses you in a reverie of 
wings and color. Is she performing or is it? She's certainly not performing right now, but she does play it, you know, she keeps in mm. practice. And it, but it feels almost as if it is being played just for you. You can't see her, not straight away at least, but you can hear it as if you were just past the next tent, or if she was just, or in fact, if she was just sat right next to you playing. And it's melancholy and bittersweet. And you are being subjected to a magical attack. Okay. <laughs> what do I do about that? Or what can I do uh, about that? So because you are inapt, you defend with magic. This is the defend action. Okay. Fortunately for you, you are a pretty good magician. I am a pretty good magician. Hmm. So, go ahead and roll me magic. Okay, so I got a four, two threes, and a one. Right, so that's a minus one overall. It will definitely be easy for you to get like a fate roller or something. I have this uh, ring. I have this ring which I haven't tracked down since we started, which is very annoying. It's um, a little spinner oh, ring. Yeah, you told us about that. That's ah, all neat. I want it. I need it. I genuinely do need it. It'd be really handy. Well, I thought you had it already. I have it. I just don't know where it is now. So yeah, that is a total of. Is that so? That's, that's minus one. What's your magic skill? Uh, plus four. Okay, so that's still a great result, right? That's still a good result, rather. Mm. Right. So. Since you are making a defend action, you get the benefits. Uh, I will. I can tell you now um, that you beat her by that you beat the attack by a long shot. Let me just find things. Okay, so because you succeeded with at least two shifts, so she only rolled minus one, uh, or rather the you know, the person attacking you only rolled minus one, right? uh, which means you gain a boost. A boost is a temporary aspect which you can invoke once for free, then it goes away. So, for example, this could be like, you know, like, um, I don't know, reversed connection, right? You've, you've got a magical hold on the person who tried to attack you, right? Or guard up, right? You, you are particularly, you know, well defended against magical attacks now. Right? Um, what would you like? You get to define it. What would you like the, the outcome to be of you doing particularly well at protecting yourself in this magic? I'd definitely be on edge um, in case she tries again. So if I could give myself some kind of guard or shield. Sure. So yeah, you... So yeah, tell me, tell me what it's like though. Tell me what it's like when you defend yourself against magic. What, what do you, how do you conceive of it? How does that work for you? I think he would think of it as sending it back, of, of rerouting the notes and, and bouncing them away. From, hmm. from his mind, and sort of okay. letting them flow over him instead of connect. Okay, so like you're like you're parting the weave of the magic mm -hmm. and just sliding through it. Okay, I like that. So yeah, you're now like that like deep reverie that that mournful bitterness that was welling up in your heart, threatening to choke you, is gone and. The music sounds quieter now as well. Like you, it, it sounds like a violin playing some distance away in a noisy circus should sound, you know? Mm -hmm. What did you do now? I'd like to go and find one of my friends to help me uh, investigate this. Going by myself seems... Uh, not the not the best idea, perhaps. I'm not a fighter. If I can see anybody from up here, or if I know where they'd be at this uh, time yeah. of day. Um, Vesperia is more stationary than most, and um, uh, Lorca, I suppose, is up to you if you want to be somewhere to be spotted, or but I th do either of you think you are likely to be findable? I imagine... I am. uh... I imagine Lorca is just sort of lounging around somewhere, enjoying the evening. Okay. So yeah, you, you can go looking for Lorca. Uh, I shall do that then. Sure. Or, uh, yeah. Vez, is you going to say you... something? Oh, excuse me, I was just going to say, um, I'm probably just 
in the tent checking in costumes at the end of the day so i'm easily findable there well should be nice. like it's, it's it's before the performance so like oh well like you're checking them out <laughs> but, yeah okay yes i lost track of scenes uh let's see i i wouldn't want to interrupt uh i wouldn't want to interrupt while you're working so i will instead go and find lorca so yeah you 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 can find lorca where are you lorca uh, Lorca is in his dressing room, uh, le- leaning back in a ch- in a chair and uh, obsessing over his appearance in the little hand mirror. Of course you are. Actually, to be fair, uh, do you do you th- do you come across as vain generally? I think so. I think he comes across as not really vain, but obsessed with his outward appearance. Mm. Uh, elegant scale will. Uh, is is there a door? Are you in a tent? What am I dealing with here? Can I can I knock on the door? Do you have one? No, it would be a tent. Uh, the do- doors would not be very kind to most of no. us. No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> you can have doors. You can even have like latches on them. You just usually like you'll have a loop to hold them shut. I I think yeah. I think if he's got a if he's got a door, she's got a loop in it. So yeah, knock on the door. All right, yeah, uh, yeah. Elegance Bale will knock on the door and sort of not wait for an answer and and come in, uh, anyways, and uh, catch Lorca. Perhaps uh, he would think of it as preening, even if it's more obsessive than that, and and sort of hurry over and and grab Lorca uh, by the shoulder. You look as beautiful as ever, but I do need to pull you away and ask for your help. What? Well, first of all, thank you. But what do you need my help with? Well, remember that little spat of showmanship I had earlier? Oh yes, with the the grasshopper. Yes, she hasn't taken very kindly to it. Could you uh, perhaps come and talk to her with me? You want me to try and calm her down? I think you'd be better suited to it than I would at this point. Well, I can try. Take me to her. All right. Okay. Um, so you move out following the, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not difficult or exceptionally time critical to follow the sound of that violin still playing. And when you, and when you find her, when you find her, you run into Tevolo at the same time. Hello from the future, everybody. I won't keep you long, but if you would like to listen to all of Bugs right now, as well as all of our other bonus episodes, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash coapcast and pledge just £1 a month to help us not sound the way that I sound in the rest of this episode. We'd appreciate it. And now, back to this. Uh, so, meanwhile, um, meanwhile again, cutting from the cut, uh, Vesperia. Yes. Wallace is in your tent, um, collecting something for somebody else, and he seems distracted. He's pinching his fingers together, just like toying with some silk. Mm. Um, not silk like a piece of cloth. He's, um, yeah. as he pulls his fingers apart, little bits of web glisten between his fingers. But if he's talk, trying to talk to you in code, it's certainly not any kind of code you recognize. Does it seem to have the structure of code for someone else? No, no, not really. It really just seems like he's, you know, absentmindedly flexing his fingers as he thinks about something else. Oh, actually, no, better idea. Uh, why don't you give me some sort of uh, overcome roll with law? And I think this would, you'd need a, you'd need a good result here. So a plus three or better. That's a plus two. Okay. Um... 
Yeah, I'm not sure any of our aspects would necessarily help you here. Um, but that's okay. So, you know, uh, again, you have the option to succeed at a cost. I'm just going to remind you about the first few times because it's the first, like, episode. And then I'll just kind of, like, take it as red that, you know, that you can succeed at things at a cost. So, he has, you know, given you the whose costume he's running, right? Mm -hmm. And he's not even... Like, he's, he's, he's looking at you and smiling, and he's not really present, right? Uh, which is unusual, because he's usually very attentive. Mm-hmm. And then, as you are, like, you know, moving to assemble those costumes, he just sort of, he just sort of um, raises a hand, sort of in, you know, sort of like a stop, sort of dismissive, sort of gesture, and is like, oh. Uh, sorry, I'll. Um, uh, I, you'll have to find another runner. And then he suddenly like takes off out of the tent, out of your tent, leaving you standing with like a costume, you know, draped over one arm. Uh, I'm gonna follow him outside the tent. Uh... I'm gonna assume that you have like an assistant or two, even if it's just like, you know one of the older kids who can be relied on to, you know, not put things in the wrong place at least, most of the time. Yeah, that makes sense. Do a bit of darning when you're overwhelmed. Um, yeah, so then so I, will, I will hand off the costume then, and then yeah. follow him out the tent. He's um, still kind of doing that, probably just like a kind of nervous flex with his hand um and sort of looking around you know like 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 when someone's lost someone in the crowd and they're sort of craning and like looking all around you know and sort of heading off decisively heading vaguely north um i'd like to continue following him at a I, i'd like to try not to be noticed following him though in that case i think I think you are going to need to make me some sort of... I think there's a stealth skill. I think there's some kind of stealth. Yeah, there is. It's not a skill you have, but you can roll any skill. Uh, except uh, it for is a skill mechanics. That I... You can't roll mechanics. Sorry? Uh, stealth is a oh, skill that do. I have. Yep. Excuse me. Okay. Um, so you're trying to... Yeah, this is just like overcome, right? The obstacle is he might notice you. Yeah. Uh, which means he's going to use his notice skill. Okay. Um, so that was just a zero, but I am a master of disguise, if that would help me blend into the crowd. Okay, um, right, so with that roll, he rolled a, he got a three. So because you, uh, so you can't, um, let me just check actually the rules on invokes. I think you're only allowed to spend one fate point. On an invocation. Mm. Okay. So, I am not very stealthy at the moment. Um, I think you uh, you could, however, um, spend a fake, invoke your, uh, what was it? Master yeah. of Disguise? Is that right? Yeah. You could certainly invoke your Master of Disguise to get a, to buy a re-roll instead. Yeah, I will do that. Oh my god. <laughs> no better? Now I rolled a minus three. Uh, no. Well, fortunately, um, because he isn't actually using the defend action, he doesn't get like any boosts on you. Um, so he has the as he has the aspect in over his head. Um, I would like to offer to you, O oh players. Um, I'm. I would like to compel that aspect to say that he's going to kind of like. Uh, I think because he's in over his head, he might kind of take his option to kind of like fall back, let you catch up with him, and kind of like go, you know what, I'd rather have this known quantity with me, right? Mm -hmm. In exchange for me getting a fake point, which is exciting. Are you alright with that, players? Is that acceptable? Sounds good. Oh yeah. Does that does that like come out of one of our specific pools, or is it just a general? No, no, because I'm kind of raising it. I don't know if okay. that works, but I'm raising it. I'm asking if I get compelled. I think it's yeah, I think go it's for cool. it. I don't mind. Um, 
if you want to actively compel one of my character's aspects, you do have to pay out of your pool. That's um, yeah. one, of your, one of each other's aspects. But um, since I'm kind of raising it myself, which I don't know if I'm technically allowed to do, um, it's certainly, yeah. Oh, I've got a lot of faith on this paper now. So yeah, um, he kind of notices you and just sort of falls back, lets you catch up. Says, ah, on second thoughts, maybe you should join me. He kind of like... Um, Drops his chin and says, "You wouldn't happen to be a secret master manipulus or weapons master, would you?" Ah, uh, no, unfortunately not. You any good in a fight? I don't know how this is about to go. Ah, uh, I, not really. Oh, that's fine. Neither am I. Uh, let's just try and let's just try and be a little bit more subtle. Is there anything I should know about what is? about to happen there is a brief kind of like you know that kind of like pained look of someone who is making who is caught between a rock and a hard place you know mm -hmm. and then that is kind of like painted over by the dance mask and he says uh, um well i don't know as much as i'd like to myself yet i'm just um hunting down a very vague sort of prophecy, he says, sort of shrugging. Prophecy. Don't, don't ask me, it isn't mine. I'm just the messenger slash scout. Anyway, I can't make you come with me, but aren't you curious? How dangerous is it? Should we bring more people? He spreads his hands and says, I've got the trail now and it doesn't come up always. And I don't know. It could be completely safe. I just don't know. Sorry, not that good. All right. Let's go. The Wasp Arena is set up on the southern edge of their encampment, just inside their palisade walls. And logically, your circus has been set up adjacent, outside the palisade walls. Certainly. Um, but, it, but your camp all spread out, people's living quarters and the actual performance areas aside, uh, combined, sprawls out far enough that it goes uh, that to the west it goes past the edges of their palisade. Mm -hmm. um, unlike them, you are not crammed together in dormitories, sleeping one on top of the other, or indeed hold up in a pen, sleeping one on top of the other, but that's another story. And so out at the western edge of camp, there is um, a nice clear view out onto the forest. Most people have turned, have set up their campfire so they don't have to look out that way. And standing there, out in the grassy, out on the grassy hills, is um, yeah. Tivola, you have been following this um, snatch of white through the camp. And you've spilled out from the sideshows into the living areas and then out onto the edge just just missing this person over just and over again getting glimpses of cloth and idea mm. of a figure and they're always round the next corner and when you finally get out past the whole camp outside of the nice ring of the backs of wagons and tents when you look out onto that wide rolling meadowland you can see him just you don't have good eyes for the dark and you've just been you know pushing through um, campfires and torches campfires yeah. and torches um but you can see two figures standing there out on the brow of the hill facing north as a sad and haunting melody plays uh, Elegant Scale and Walker. Um, you 
necessarily arrive on foot since Lorca can't, to the best of my knowledge, fly. And you see Tifolo. Tifolo, are you still moving towards these two figures? Yes, um, I think. Before I make a call on that, do they look, or do either of them look, familiar? I would know. We were together for 15 years. Do I know this person? <laughs> I'll tell you what. No, 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 no. The person, you can hear the music. You know that's got to be Candeo. It could not be anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. But the other figure, they're too far away. You'd have to get closer. Then I'm getting closer. He's, of course, yeah. much further away than he was last time you rounded a corner, but... I, I am trying to get closer. I'm probably a little out of breath because I've been hurrying through the camp and I've only got short little legs. Yeah, I think you definitely um, get a compel, get get a fate point for a compel, either from narrative imperative or from blood on my hands. I mean, either way, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with this is narrative imperative because I don't, I don't know. I don't know who this is. It could be him. It could be not. But when someone from home turns up in the middle of a show, I have to find out. Yeah, because of course, because of the narrative imperative, of course you have to step out far beyond the far beyond the limits of the campsite in the direction that nobody wants to look at. To of course, I have to go out into the meadow out, outside the spooky forest and find out who and if what this not, is. If that's not a compel, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you see, are you now, you're out of breath now, right? So, would it be fair to say that you're like, you're like, you're like stumbling slightly? Uh, yeah, and it's meadowland, and it's at best mm. dusk, shading taking, toward dark. I can't little, really see where I'm putting my feet. Taking little hops on your wings. Yeah, now realizing that it's it's still slightly less tiring to walk. <laughs> yeah, it's not that much faster. Like the the advantage of flight is the verticality rather than the speed. Mm. For me, you know, I'm not the yeah. strongest flyer in the world. Uh, so that's what you kind of emerge onto as you kind of burst out of the ring of, you know, people. People have circled up their tents. And they've, you know, yeah. some like, or like, you know, they'll string. They'll, they, there's the guy ropes that are kind of like web, webbed together, or people maybe string little ropes up between to make sure people don't just like stumble into their like. Yeah, home. but if it, any any sort of little fence, I can just hop it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so what I'm saying is Lorca and Elegant Scale, when you kind of make it out past the wall of like fabric, you see two figures kind of stood on the brow of the hill, now kind of catching really the very last of the sunlight um, on their sides. And you see much closer to you um, a small and familiar fly. I am hurrying towards these two figures with this expression of slightly hypnotized dread. Lorca will glance elegant scale and look towards Tavolo and trudge towards him, easily catching up on his long legs. He says, what are you doing here? Finding out who that is. Elegant scale told me to come and help, help him identify, help him talk to this figure. Scale, is, is, do you know the other person with them? Do I recognize the other person with them? So I feel like that's prompted you to take a good look at them, right? Is that fair? Yeah. 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 Hmm. You can try, why don't you try, ah, actually this is, this is the thing, you're both kind of trying to get a good look at this like other person, right? Because mm -hmm. one person is obvious, they're a violinist, they're playing grasshopper music, like... <laughs> And they're a virtual oh, huge amount of history with candy. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Um, so yeah, you're kind of you've you've both been prompting to do this person. Do you want to give me a notice role? And I think it's you'd need to do fair. And uh, what I'm gonna ask is whichever you is strongest at notice, just take a plus one. Um as, assuming the other person has it as a skill at all. Because that's the teamwork mechanic. That is plus three. And what have you got it as? I got it plus two. Okay, so do you want to take it as a notice four? Okay. Okay, so then add that plus four, so that's just plus four. 
that's fine. Uh, you succeed with style, actually. Um, oh, good. I don't know if that helps me in this case, but all right, I'll take it. Oh, sorry. No, you need you need at least you need at least uh, you need to well at least three higher to succeed with style. I got that wrong. My okay. mistake. Yeah, you kind of you two kind of like look at this figure, and there's something there's something definitely wrong with it. It's not really a person. It's it's the impression of a person, you know? There isn't anything actually there. It's just some sort of manifestation, you know? Anyway, Vesperia, so you and um, <laughs> your good friend. Um, you and your good, good friend um, <laughs> have Alice. similarly come out, but being sensible people, you have not immediately roll up to announce your presence to everybody. <laughs> What would you like to do? You can now see three people advancing towards two people. And no, sorry, actually, no, you can see three people advancing towards Candea playing her violin alone on the hill. Hmm. And I, I don't recognize my friends. Oh, yeah, you, sorry, you can, you, can tell, you can tell who it is. Like, honestly, okay. like, Lorca in particular is a particularly striking figure. Yeah. Hmm. That's on earth are they doing here? I don't know, but I'm a bit more concerned with what she's doing here. What do you think? I'd um, like to get a closer look. Yeah. He kind of kicks at the grass dubiously. It's about, like, you know, knee-high. Hmm. I don't really fancy crawling my belly through all of this. don't really have a solution to that. You kind of, like, tisks. I'm trying to figure out, like, how to what 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 to do and how to do it hmm. i mean we should get closer you kind of like sizes us all right let's try and just sort of keep low and hope they don't look back and he gestures for you to move with him um yeah do you want to do some sort of stealth roll yeah i think probably this is just passive opposition because like the rest of you aren't like looking for things behind you, right? No. Oh yeah. I think you'd have to do like um like good, right? Like a plus three. You'd need to be good at stealth to like sneak out across open grassland without, you know, drawing attention. Yeah. That was just a just a one. So I think yeah, I think at that point probably what happens is like, you know, like you do your best, but there's not so much you can do. You probably don't know in character if you've been spotted yet by anyone. Um, I imagine full skirts are not great for sneaking through large. Yeah, you long are, you're not wearing your sneaking gear. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. That's why I'm not sneaky. That's the reason. And the remaining three, you can hear somebody coming up behind you, or actually. Yeah, well, the two of you who are slightly more in command of yourselves can hear it. Lorca turns behind him and spots Vess with the strange person. Yeah, oh, you've you've met like Hollis. Uh, have you mentioned Hollis before? To be honest, um, yes. So yeah, like you know that they're not. Presumably, they know that you're not exactly thick as thieves generally. Mm -hmm. Lorca sort of does that sort of loud whisper well it's not that's not quite quiet but it's still hoarse whisper it says not you too what is this what are we all after yeah hollis just stands fully up like well fuck it stealth has failed <laughs> <laughs> vest shrugs uh in a sort of well this is the situation i guess um how how close are we to uh the grasshopper at this point? Yeah, you're 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 not far now. Like they were like you know, far enough away to not be able to really make them out as individuals. Um like when you were at the edge of the camp. So I guess that'd be what, like a couple hundred meters? Okay. So like that's a person shape, but I'm not exactly sure who. Maybe if I squint and the light was better. 
And unless anyone is actually stopping him, Tavolo is just ploughing ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think gets, I think Elegant Scale will at least try and, like, grab his shoulder in a slow down there kind of motion. <laughs> he will glare at you. <laughs> deeply ungraciously and kind of try to shrug out of your hold because whatever, you're all tagging along for some reason. That's not a person. Not a real person. What? It's someone from home. I just want to know who. No, it's not. I don't know what she did exactly, but that's not a person. I give you this deeply confused, dubious look. I, that's a really weird lie to tell, so... So you can tell it's not a lie? That is a person in Solani's clothing. I just... I'm curious who they are. Go and say hi to someone from home. A scale called me here because she'd had some altercation with Candea. Wanted me to help, help him talk it out. I don't know who this other person is. Tried to... Hack me with her magic, and I don't know if this is part of that. I suspect what? it is. You didn't say it was magic. Yes, well, I don't know what she was aiming for precisely, but it couldn't have been anything good. And the fact that this is connected and you're here, I, I don't know. I mean, likely she knows we're friends, but I don't know what she'd want. Hollis was acting suspiciously. So I followed him. Oh, I, I mean... Uh, he said something about a prophecy. Yes, well, prophecy, prophecy is just a very fancy word for hunch and not enough information. Look, I don't think we're exactly, I don't think we're exactly being subtle here. We may as well, you know, close. He says, because you're about, you know, a hundred meters away at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are, are ghosts a, like, are they seen as evil or good or controlled interesting question um what it's very variable you're actually a very skilled magician um so i think you'd have a very nuanced understanding of ghosts um certainly Hmm. ghosts are potentially dangerous because they're just like mm, the real danger in a ghost is mistaking it for for the person, right? Ghosts just aren't as complicated as people, you know? You can have a noble duelist die in a tragic and tragic last stand, and their ghost can just be a red-handed killer, because there isn't room for all that nuance in a ghost. They're flat. Yeah. They're like, ghosts are a lot like memories, you know? They're, they're images of a person. They're not the whole thing, and, well, unchaining part of a person can be a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, what if he leaves? What if while you're stood here talking, he leaves and you don't even get to know? Loka is going to attempt to take a closer look and get very close. Elegant is just keeping pace with uh, Tevolo at this point. So, um, Lorca around Elegant Scale, like, as you're getting closer, like, you can tell, like, you're getting just, like, the impression of a person, right? Without, like, working at it, that's all you're getting. It's just, like, a kind of, like, a shape, right? If you caught them out of the corner of your eye, you'd say there's someone there staring right at them. You can kind of like, you know, again, because you are magicians, you can kind of still get that vague impression of a person, or you can kind of just look right through them, depending on how you like focus. Tevolo, you can feel your body thrilling to that music. And you can tell like, now that you're closer, you just know it's him. You couldn't actually... You couldn't actually look right at him and pick out all the details of him. But when you look away, you can remember that, of course, it was him. You know what I mean? If you didn't know this person, if you didn't already know intimately every 
curve of his body, every angle of his face, you wouldn't actually be able to describe him, but you'd still think you could. You got an impression of him. And he is so close that you could just take one quick flight and embrace him. My face has gone as pale as my face can go. I can feel my pulse through the cut on my arm that I'm still clutching a handkerchief to. I don't take one quick flight. I lift up vertically so that my feet are above the obstruction of the long grass and I fly forward and I stop just out of arm's reach and wait for him to look at me. You feel the world slipping away from you. You feel the whole world recede as he looks at you. And there is so much hurt and betrayal in his voice when he says, you left me. You died. Listening to Banjax's Unbelievable Gear Chain Circus. Your performers were Ben as Salvator Volo, Moss as Vesperia of Tisano, Chris as Elegant Scales, and Haz as Lotka the Disapparist. Narration, editing, and composition was provided by me, Mel, and the setting is used by kind permission of Adrian Tchaikovsky, whose writing can be found wherever books are sold. And that's the end of the episode! Because I'm the worst person in the world! <laughs>